it's Carmen. Welcome to another episode of Off Air with Carmen. This is our Easter episode, and I really love this particular episode because I sat down with three of my favorites, Bill, Lindsay, and Haley, and we just talked about Jesus and why Jesus for us and why we love Jesus, Jesus of Scripture, to be specific with you. And one thing that you're always going to get from me is you're going to get honesty. Here's the the why behind the why. Uh, a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago, Bill and I were actually at Passion and Beth Moore was talking and she said this, she goes, you're going to see a generation of Christians who will set aside scripture in order to be more like Jesus. And I got to be honest with you. I thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. But sadly, we're seeing that played out in in culture today, and it, it, it sounds a little bit like this. This is who I believe Jesus to be, or Jesus wants me to be happy. And there's almost this rubber stamping of whatever makes us happy, whatever our truth is, that Jesus is just kind of our hype boy to say, yes, you do you. Well, that's not the Jesus of scripture, and that's not the Jesus that we're celebrating this weekend, Easter weekend. So I hope you'll lean in and listen to my conversation with Bill, Lindsay, and Haley. I will say this, we're going to reference quite a bit a Bible study that we've been doing together by Paige Brown. And even though that study's not available anymore right now on video, we are going to have links to some of the conversations that we had about the Bible study as we were doing it. It really was life-changing for all of us. But here's what I want you to know more than anything. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He wants a relationship with you. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to this. You either hold scripture in high view or low view. And for the four of us, scripture is it. It is the word of God. Here's my conversation. I am... I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I think before we even get started, man, I think props to CB. Our friend CB is yeah. the whole reason why we're recording this podcast today because Lindsay, I don't think, well, let me, I've already kind of done this in the intro, but let me just go around one more time. Bill, my morning show partner, Haley, my daughter, Lindsay, our bestie in Nashville. And this is, Four out of six of our uh, five broads plus Bill text thread. So we are just inviting you guys into an an audible version of our text thread because it's been the six of us that have, have done these Paige Brown Bible studies together. And it was because of CB and Becca, our friend Becca had talked to me about Paige Brown forever. Then when COVID happened last year, CB called and she's like, oh, Paige is going to stream her Bible study. So Lindsay, had you just heard about Paige then too, or had you been going? No, I had never gone because I work at a church in Brentwood, Tennessee, and we normally have meetings on Wednesday mornings pre-COVID. So CB and Becca had told me about Paige for years and been like, you should come, you should come. And I'm like, I can't, like, I have to go to these meetings on Wednesday mornings. So then COVID happened and one little silver lining in that whole thing was getting to finally be present, either, you know, listen on Wednesday mornings or then finally um, go in person later in the, in the fall. But, um, and just to yeah. bring everyone in, if you're, you're, you're tuning in, you're wondering what's going on. Easter is this weekend and we have been part of a Bible study Paige Brown leads it. She's a Bible teacher in Nashville, and she is one of the most gifted communicators 
that I have ever sat under. Paige Brown is the first person probably in my life who has connected the Old Testament with the New Testament. It's a Bible overview, but has shown me through Scripture how the whole thing has never changed. It's been God's pursuit of us, God pursuing us and trying to show us how much He loves us and wants us. I was that Christian for years and years that said, okay, the Old Testament's kind of hard, but I really love the New Testament and the way she's tied those two together, um, culminating you know, a couple of weeks ago where it was Jesus and then obviously the church after that. I just want you guys to go around for just a couple of minutes. And again, these studies are not available anymore. She just has them up for a little bit at a time. But I do think the Lord is speaking to her because there is talk that she's going to make these available. Um, Bill, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. These page studies, just your perspective. Well, just to comment on what you're talking about, Carmen, they, they, it would serve the church really well it if would. they made these studies available. Yeah. Because the, the Bible is one story yeah. from beginning to end. And just to have Paige's perspective on that was so good. And I, I got to tell you, and I, I hope this comes out right, because you know I've studied under some of the same professors that Paige has. I've been to seminary. I've been through the, the whole route there. And so this material and even this perspective, these things weren't new for me. But I got to tell you, the way that Paige is able to put these things together and communicate them blew the doors off of my mind. Mm-hmm. It just is in- incredible. So how can you take, quote, Bible history overview? Hey, who wants to sign up for that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Give me anything but that. It right, sounds so right. dry and boring. And yet your daughter sitting mm-hmm. just to your right, Haley, you've been working through this with a group of people in their 20s and mm-hmm. they're like riveted. Oh my goodness. It's been pretty amazing, I guess, to give my perspective on Paige. I feel like the Lord started me on a journey probably two to three years ago about learning the Bible as one story. And he, looking back, I can say he started small with me, showing me pictures of how things connected. He started connecting things like in my mind and my heart. And I feel like what Paige has done is I think the Lord connected all of it from the beginning, from Genesis to Revelation. What she has done is where mine has been a very simple outline drawing. She has filled it in with color. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like she has put Mm -hmm. so much color and texture into the story of humanity Mm -hmm. from the beginning. And she's connected things for me that I never would have known without her. I mean, she stands up there and she talks. It's not necessarily super like illustrative or anything like that, but she's captivating and I mean, I'm part of a small group who did her study this semester. We did it like through my church. We just sat and watched her studies together and talked Mm -hmm. about it every week. It has been one of my favorite ones I've ever done. And Lindsay, of of all of us, you're the one, you're the only one that got to go sit there live. So tell us about from your perspective. Uh, I think I told you all this in our five broads and bill text thread, but, um, <laughs> I just, probably... I just got to say, I love being a part of this group. Oh, this text thread, <laughs> this text thread, you guys pops off. It is, <laughs> to quote it my is, sister, it yeah. pops off. It pops off. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, yeah, I kind of similar to Haley. I mean, I, y'all, I went to Bible college, um, and it was awesome. I loved going to Bible college. Um, and I have been a worship leader for many, many years, but probably, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago. Um, I just kind of felt like I knew that the Lord loved me, but I don't think that I like, it had been a while since I really got it into my heart and, and just various events and stuff like that kind of made me 
just finally asked the Lord, like, Lord, I, I know that you love me, but like, can you help me know, know that you love me and get it down into my heart? And going into the fall, which was first couple of chapters of Revelation, I was honestly just intimidated because I was like, I mean, Revelation is kind of like a little bit scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Even for like seasoned believers, they're like, I'm not totally sure what all this is. And I never thought it would be the letters to the churches in Revelation and then Bible history overview that convinced me of the Lord's love for me. But one weekend I just was sitting there and we were still in the Old Testament pages just like Bill said, she's so, so um, I think anointed and and skilled at putting pieces together and connecting things from the Old Testament to the New Testament and helping us understand like the Lord has been pursuing us all along and been faithful and forgiving and faithful and forgiving and faithful and forgiving and pursuing and pursuing and pursuing. And I mean, it finally just broke through to my heart. And I, I went up to say thank you to Paige. And I like, tears were like bursting out of my eyes at her. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. I just want to thank you for helping me finally connect this really, really in my heart. And um, my heart is like on fire just for the word, the word. And that's what, I mean, Paige, y'all know, like she would, that's what she wants. She wants people to be in the word. And I think so. that's why we're all here is there's just been a, a new passion that's been ignited in us, which is why we're having this conversation. I sent a few of these talking points out to y'all. So I want to know why Jesus, because we're celebrating Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want this whole podcast mm-hmm. to be about Jesus. Jesus, who died on a cross for us, came to be our substitute. I don't want that to be white noise. I don't want us to be so familiar as believers with that story that we're just, Jesus died on a cross, rose again. Happy Easter, everybody. You know, mm-hmm. past the Reese's eggs. He took on our sin, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later because I'm I'm going to read something that just hit all of us. Yes. Um, but he became sin. We are celebrating this weekend that Jesus actually became sin. Your sin, my sin, Haley's sin, Lindsay's sin. He died on a cross and rose again. Our whole foundation, our whole worldview, our whole faith rests on the resurrection of Jesus, and that's what we're celebrating on Sunday. So Bill, why Jesus for you and what yeah. difference does he make in your everyday life? First, why Jesus? Why why a sacrifice? Because mm-hmm. this, this is a question that I think a lot of people have today. Why can't God, who is supposedly good, just say, hey, I know you're not perfect, but I'm just going to take you like you are. I love you. I want to get close to you. I want you to enjoy heaven. Why can't he just do that? Because my friends do that, right? So we forget sometimes that the person that we're talking about when we talk about God is other than anything that we've ever encountered. He is holy, he is perfect, he is righteous. And so a couple of things. Sin requires a sacrifice. Sin has to have justice. What kind of God would he be if he did not ultimately guarantee justice? Because we all want justice. Our hearts are longing for that. So sin needs justice. Secondly, we need rescue. And maybe you don't realize that unless you're at the bottom of life, but your heart needs rescue. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a savior who reaches the absolute depths of human depravity and where he's willing to go to retrieve your soul and to guarantee it for eternity. Mm -hmm. And finally, this is the kind of God he is. He's the kind of God who is willing to take this on himself. So God himself provides the remedy, the rescue, the justice in the death of Christ on the cross. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. That's how significant this is. And why Jesus for me, Carmen? Because mm-hmm. there is no other th- 
no other way. There's nothing else in all of human philosophy or religion that offers this way, mm. where the God who demands righteousness and holiness actually pays the price. I don't want to use that term because for some reason, the idea of paying the price, mm -hmm. it doesn't ring as true to our generation as it did to previous generations, but God himself takes on the weight of it. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a good way to say mm -hmm. it. He takes on the weight of all of the things that separate me from him and he fixes it. And I don't know any other religion or any other philosophy of life that offers that. And when I got that, like Lindsay was saying a few minutes ago, when that became more, and when you said white noise, when that became more than just religious speech, mm -hmm. and it became something that I felt in the depths of my soul, and then the Bible, the Word of God explained it to me, mm -hmm. everything changed. Mm. Everything changed. Mm. And it hasn't ever unchanged. What about you, Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> yes and amen. Um, I'm, why Jesus? I mean, I, I've gone back to so many times, Peter and, and Jesus talking in Mark 8. Peter is like my Bible boyfriend. It, it occurred to me one day, um, reading Mark chapter 8, and Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Like, that is the most important question in the entire Bible and the most important question of our entire lives is, who is Jesus? He, he either is who he says he was in scripture, the son of God. <laughs> come to save the world, laying down his life, establishing a new covenant. He either is that or he's a crazy liar. I think so many people, especially in today's culture, think of Jesus as this like sweet, kind of like maybe an activist and like, he's like your buddy and like, and your homeboy and like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I had that shirt, but um, he either is like Bill was saying, the holy sacrifice necessary to bridge the gap between a sinful humanity and a holy God who cannot accept sin, but who wants us in relationship with him. And so he he's gave his only son, Jesus, and who willingly laid down his life for us. Or he's just crazy. Like he's a crazy person. You cannot take him halfway. So, I mean, there is no other God in all world religions that laid down his life for us. And, and kind of like we learned a couple of weeks ago with Paige, like no other God indwells us in the Holy Spirit. You know, like we have the living God who raised Jesus from the dead inside of us as believers. That is the power that lives in us. And there is no other religion that does that. This is God loving us so much that he came down to earth for us instead of making us earn our salvation or, or be good people or what, like, what is the standard for that? Where, who says that, you know? I know there's someone that you're mentoring right now. What would you say to them? Because we all believe everything that Bill said, everything that you just said, and I'm sure Haley's going to echo it in just a couple of minutes to bring it down to just sitting at a coffee shop with someone. How has Jesus made a difference in your everyday life? And Lindsay, getting up, your two little boys, taking them to you know school, cooking dinner, husband Mark, how has Jesus made a difference in your everyday life? In so many ways. I've actually been thinking about this um, a lot recently just like, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, like, would I be a different person? And yes, the answer is absolutely yes. That Probably the biggest thing for me, the most obvious piece is um, I've wrestled with anxiety for many, many years. Um, just the world and the scariness and the uncertainty in so many areas and probably really got kickstarted. It was there before, but when my dad passed away nine years ago, that really kind of sent me reeling. And um the more I dug into scripture and the more that I 
cried out to Jesus, the more he met me and the more he, um, I, he helped me realize, you know, Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He really is. And, and brokenhearted people usually think God is far from them, but the Lord's like, no, I am right here with you. And I just clung to that verse in Philippians four, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I mean, that has been the case for me. The more I've cried out in not only pouring out my fears to the Lord, but also retraining my mind to focus on gratitude for the ways that he has cared for me in the past, that has stirred up this like holy confidence that he's not, he has never failed me yet. He has only ever pursued me. He has only ever taken care of me. He is going to do that again. This is the piece that God is understanding that guards not only my heart, but also my anxious mind, you know, that is so prone to running down those, those trails of fear. So um, that is I mean, that's the difference he's made in my life is is the peace, the Prince of Peace. Man, Lindsay, that's so good. And you know what I love? I love that scripture is your sword. I mean, you are quoting scripture right and left. Yes. And you go, girl. Yes. And all those peace scriptures. And what I love about the peace scriptures in particular, think about that in terms of like when someone's passed away, you know, made the yes. peace. But we can have that peace today. We can have yep. that peace walking into a meeting. We can have that peace walking into a doctor's appointment, we can have that peace. We have access to that peace today. So Haley, yep. why Jesus? And and I'm going to be eager to hear your answer because, you know, why Jesus and what difference does he make in your life? Because at some point, I mean, I raised you, mm-hmm. so I drilled Jesus into y'all. But at some point, you have to take it. You can't just inherit your parents' faith. You have It has to become personal for you. Oh my goodness, I feel so nervous going after both of you guys. No. Um, but I mean, you're right. Like you raised us to be Christians, mm-hmm. Jesus followers. And I think for me when growing up, it was just what we did. And I am a rule follower and I am a, I'm the kind of person that if this is what I've always been doing, sometimes I have to check myself and say, am I doing this still because I want to or because mm-hmm. it's what I've always done? And I think I came to that realization probably end of high school, beginning of college when I really, I've been following the Lord. I don't want to act like my faith wasn't genuine, but I think I started getting to know who God was for myself as opposed to just letting influential people in my life tell me who Jesus is. And I would say for me, why Jesus? I mean, you guys said it so beautifully, like what Jesus did for us. And so I'll kind of take it to the personal level. Jesus just just everything. And I, I heard um, a pastor say this a long time ago, you just know in your knower, which is a cutesy Dr. Susie way of saying, but for me, I look at my own self and I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, I'm this terrible person. But it's like, there's nothing I can do ever to make myself good enough for a holy God. There's nothing that I can do to save myself. And I know me and I have great intentions with people that I love and all of that. But I heard another pastor say one time, that God created each one of us because he wanted us to exist. He said, God created Haley because he wanted Haley to exist, not just a person to be my parents' daughter, but he specifically wanted me. And in one of Paige's studies a couple weeks ago, Jesus kept asking God, like, why, like, take this cut for me, that kind of stuff. And he said, if we want Haley, there's no Mm -hmm. other way. Mm -hmm. And so I think about a God who created me, but also wants me mm. and is pursuing me. Mm-hmm. And he's a lot. He created me. And as you said, Bill, he came down to earth to mm-hmm. save me 
because he wants me forever. And so how could I not be in love with my creator, the person who gave me my personality, my giftings, my spirit, everything. Mm. And I just think about who God is in my day-to-day life. I mean, God has opened doors for me that I didn't even know I could open. I didn't even know they existed. God has given me a peace to walk through every single day. It's not just on those like heartbreaking occasions where you need peace. You get it every single day, every single day. It's a trust. It's a, I don't have to fix this. I don't have to figure my life out on my own because even though I'm going to be honest, like I'm walking through a season right now that's been tough for me, but ultimately like my trust is in the Lord and then my trust is that he is going to take me where he wants me to go. And I have confidence in what that's going to look like, even if where he's taking me isn't where I thought I was going. Mm-hmm. And so I say, why Jesus? Because he's personal. Like he cares about me. And I don't want to make it that it's all about us. But how could you not be in love with the person who so desires you and pursues you in the everyday? Like how could you not want to be following mm-hmm. yeah. the creator of your life? I love these answers mm-hmm. and oh. I um I'll just add one more to it really fast. You know, there's two different types of pits in the world. There is there's the kind that you wake up and find yourself in. A loved one passes away, you get a diagnosis, like you wake up in a pit. Your spouse decides to leave you. You wake up in that pit. Or there are the kind that you run and you dive head first into and it's of your own doing. I'm the chief of the second one. <laughs> where I can remember when I had my crash and, you know, I've been very open about my story. My father was an alcoholic. He passed away in jail. I was four months pregnant when I got married. That was not in the right order. Pete and I almost divorced, um, which is so great. I'm recognizing now that all three of you were there just a, a month or so ago when we renewed our vows. But I can just remember when you are in a pit, especially a pit of your own making, And you don't even know where your next breath is coming from. And just, Lindsay, you go back to that peace that passes all understanding and you cry out to the Lord because I did have a relationship with the Lord. I just turned my back on him. And that scripture is so true where he will reach down into the mire and the muck, to the pit, to the dirt. He will pull you out. He will put your feet on solid ground and put a new song in your mouth. And I think that's what we're all saying is that Jesus has rescued all of us. He's called us all by name. Mm. It's all about him, but he makes it all about us because he died on the cross for us. And he's put that new song in in our mouth that we can sing, that we can sing to him. And uh, you're kind of leaning this way, but Mm -hmm. if we could, if we could just make sure the tables are fully turned on you, Carmen, Mm. why Jesus for you? Because I know me. I mean, I truly know me and left to my own devices, my own thinking, my own selfishness. He is literally my oxygen. Like he Mm. is air to me. I can remember even as young as being a a young girl laying in bed at night, I just felt the presence. I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in my room. He was so real to me. I know me and he has saved my scrawny little neck. From me my whole entire life that I'm nothing without him. What you're saying is so true. And I I was thinking about this too, just, you know, without Mm -hmm. Jesus, just, just a little parenthesis here. I know for sure that my whole life would be driven by fear. Yeah. And I know that I, I'm, I would not be able to keep a family together. Mm -hmm. And I know that I would be chasing after one empty promise after Mm -hmm. another. Mm -hmm. And the reason I know these things Mm -hmm. is because I know, I know me now. Right. Yeah. And I know that I struggle sometimes with being driven by fear. Yeah. 
And I know that I'm not the greatest husband and father. Yeah. And I know that I do chase after promises, but see, when Jesus is in your life, what he's, what he's done for you and who he is, Haley, I love that you brought that out. It makes all the difference in the world because he gives you an object to pursue that is so much greater than these flimsy little pursuits of your life mm-hmm. and the things that we chase after and the things that would hold us down. He sets us free. Mm-hmm. And he said in John 8, he said, whoever would be my disciple must come after me. And, and if you follow me, if you're my disciple, you'll mm-hmm. know the truth and the mm-hmm. truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And we all love truth. And that's one thing that yeah. comes into conversation, <laughs> we, that he yeah. gives yeah. us a love for yeah. that and turns yeah. us away yes. from the things that would mm-hmm. lure us to an empty, ruined life. Yeah. That honestly, Bill, that you just summed that up so perfectly, because I think the misconception from the world is that being a Jesus follower is constraints. Right. It's all of these things that you can't do, but really it's freedom. It's freedom, it's freedom from yourself. It's freedom to know that I don't have the ultimate authority over my life. And that's a good thing because I don't know that mine would be fear-driven. I'd have to spend some time thinking about what I think my thing would be, but I would chase something else. But the freedom I have to relinquish the pressure to do it all and be it all for myself, like I get to do that. I have the freedom to say, okay, Lord, like your will, not mine. I don't have to save my own life or figure out my own plan. And see, I know what mine would be. Mine is definitely not fear. Mine would be consumption. I would be chasing one high to the next. And I'm not talking about necessarily chemicals, chemicals, but just, you know, we only live once. Yeah, we only live once. Let's buy this. We only live once. Let's go here. I would just be chasing the next thing and it would never be enough. Mm -hmm. I'd need more, 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 more consumption, consumption, consumption. Okay, so a a couple things that I want to talk about. We're seeing this. And I think part of our text thread that we have is just things that we're observing in culture. And the last thing that I want to do is for us to like sit in the corner and, you know, kind of curse culture because God has called us to be the salt and the light. And we are we are to live in the world. We're to live in the city. We're to bring Jesus to the city. Um, One thing that I want to make really clear to those who are listening is the gospel. I want to clearly define the gospel. And the gospel is Jesus, his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. And what we're seeing today, and Bill, I'll direct this to you, what we're seeing today is Jesus plus something else. Mm -hmm. And we all read a book a couple months ago. We don't even have to bring up the book, but she just kind of Uh, walked back through generations and talking about how at one point it was Jesus plus this. It had to be Jesus. Well, in the Bible, it was Jesus plus circumcision. Mm -hmm. And then it was Jesus plus this. Yeah. The word gospel literally means good news. Mm -hmm. It is an announcement to the world that the king has come, that he's bringing his kingdom. And so the gospel is the good news of Jesus' life, his death and his resurrection and its significance its significance to us according to what the message that has been told throughout the Old Testament, that's going back to Paige Brown and the way Mm -hmm. that that message ties together. So you have this good news about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and what that means in our lives captured for us in the scriptures. And that's where we learn who Jesus is. That's where we understand the truth that sets us free. Mm -hmm. Now, what you've got throughout the history of the church, and it's happening again in our day, is other messages. Other messages that come along that that want to say, and here's the one that I think, this is my best attempt, and you know, you can throw things at your iPhone if yeah. you're listening, and, and yeah. I, I step on toes here, but there's another message, another version of good news right now that I think I would call the gospel of affirmation. 
it's the message that God loves you just as you are. Yeah. And he loved you enough to send Jesus who taught love and acceptance, especially to the marginalized and who worked for social justice and expected his followers to do the same. And he certainly uh, didn't come to bring any sort of religion change. And the Bible is, you know, some sort of record of this, but it can't really be trusted as the word. of. And the reason that this is being propagated so freely is because some of the stuff is actually true. Yeah. What I've just read to you is mm-hmm. not completely crazy. Mm-mm. Jesus came to do some of this stuff, but the heart of the gospel is missing from this message. Mm-hmm. The heart of the fact that we needed a substitute and we needed a savior and that the way that God has chosen to give this to the nations beyond the little moment on the hillside outside of Jerusalem, outside the city walls, where a, a naked man hung on a Roman cross mm-hmm. and there were just a handful of people around. How did that little moment change the world? Well, one of the ways is that it got propagated out through the scriptures and we get to read about and we get the same Holy Spirit to touch us with the reality of what we're reading and convince our hearts that this was done for us. Mm. And if we lose the heart of that gospel and we change it in any way, we miss the power of the gospel to set us free and do all these wonderful things we're talking about. I think that's where we have a little bit of burden for our time that we're living right now is because all that that you just described, that is an implication of the gospel. We sure. are to love the marginalized. We Absolutely. are to love yes. the poor. To work for justice yes. for the oppressed. Yes. We do that yes. with teen yes. freedom and other things. One, It's all an implication of the gospel. It's just not the gospel. I feel like what we're doing is we're taking all the right things and we're putting them in the wrong order. Mm. It's that yes. we're putting, helping the poor, helping the marginalized, helping the oppressed as the main thing. When I think the real accurate way is we accept Jesus. We follow Jesus. We allow God to refine us and to change our behavior mm-hmm, to make mm-hmm. us more righteous. And in our pursuit of righteousness to be more like him, we want to do those things and we want to spread the good Same. news across the world. We're doing that because of what the work that God has done in us. We're not going and doing those things to earn the favor of God or to look like Jesus in the eyes of people without the heart change. The heart change has to come first. Mm-hmm. So I think we see two things happening in our culture right now. I mean, because I think we've established what the gospel is and that we love Jesus. Um, But we see a lot of Jesus plus fill in the blank, whatever that is, equals the gospel. And then the other thing that we're seeing a lot of, and Bill, you, I just will not forget this phrase. You used it at the end of our fundraiser a couple of weeks ago. And for those listening who don't know what a fundraiser is, we're listener supported radio and it's how we raise our support. But at the end of fundraiser, you used a term called self-salvation. And Lord have mercy. Like, I just think that you nailed something with that because I think we're living in a day, especially with our instavangelist, all of our feel-good influencers who are amazing writers. But the focus is on self. Mm. Self Mm. is on the throne. Self is at the center. It's all about self and finding your truth I have such a heart for women and we're such emotional beings. And Lindsay, you and I've talked about it. Haley, you and I've talked about it. You know, we know who some of these Instagram folks are, these Instagram accounts. And we go and we read their, you know, we read what they write and they're really good writers and being such emotional beings. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm power and fierce. Don't forget fierce. And yes, I can be fierce (laughs) and 
But at the end of the day, we're really just trying to be little mini gods saving ourselves yes. with our own truth. Do you mm-hmm. have any thoughts on that, Lindsay? It, I, like when you sent us like kind of topics that you want to talk about, it totally just reminded me of um, back in the fall when Paige was teaching through Revelation um, through the first couple chapters. And um, in, in chapter three, she was talking about Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea and, um, and he's saying to them, all the gospel requires is nothing, but most people don't have that. Only poverty purchases the gospel. This is the way that Jesus was kind of like bringing it to them because they were so wealthy and so self-sufficient and it's us and we're great and focused on themselves and hello, our culture today. Um, and Paige said, true self-awareness poverty of spirit and kneeling before him will get him standing. And she also said, don't confuse unworthiness with worthlessness, um, which was a big thing for me because that's, you know, we, we, some of us tend to swing the opposite direction and go like, I'm, I'm worthless. And Jesus is like, no, you, you are, I have made you worthy through my love and through my sacrifice. But um, yeah, I mean, we've talked, we've texted so many times about these, um, this, this false gospel that is so um, prevalent today that um, it's Jesus plus whatever we want to fill in the blank with. And our pastor recently was talking about good fruit, good trees bear good fruit and and bad trees bear bad fruit. And how do we know that? And, and the only way that we really know that is knowing the original. You can only know a counterfeit and false teaching if you know the original and a massive portion of people who say that they're believers in Jesus are not reading the word every day. I mean, I, true confessions, but for many years, it was, you know, kind of like snacking for me instead of a daily feast of finding life in the word and and really dwelling in it. But that is truly the only way we're going to be able to know. Paige always says, um, we don't need to ask, what would Jesus do? We, we know what he did and we know what he said, and we know what the Bible tells us to do. One of my former pastors, who's awesome, um, Michael Easley always says, don't let the world teach you theology. Today, the world is always like, Jesus would probably do this and and Jesus would be for this thing. And it's the gospel plus this. It's, you know, these things are going to, we get it into our hearts that these things are going to save us. And we get so focused on that instead of just dwelling on the gospel. And just like Haley was saying, like, let it pour out of that. Let the love for the marginalized and and the poor and the underprivileged, like let all these things pour out of that first, our focus on our love for the, the Lord and the gospel and reveling in that and not letting the world tell us who Jesus is, but knowing him for ourselves. I think that that's part of what makes it so tricky. And that's where Satan is so good is because there's Jesus sprinkled in. Self is at the center, but yes. Jesus is just your little hype boy who's going... Good job. You're saving yourself. Yeah. Way to go. And, you know, you're so empowered. And that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it truly is. Yeah. You, way to go to save yourself and, and you direct your ship. I don't think it would be possible to have this unless we had a culture like, like this where we're, where we're so prosperous. Right. It's we true. Have, yeah. We what have Lindsay so just much. Said. Yeah. And people who look at us and say, you know, criticize us for the wealth and the capitalist, you know, society that we have, there's some real teeth to that because. Without some of this, you can't create a gospel of self. So self is one of the idols of our culture right now. It kind of, in my mind, works like this. You go and discover yourself, and then you demand that all reality bow to that discovery. Right? Yes. 
all reality has to conform to who you are on the inside and who you feel you are on the inside, mm-hmm. whatever that is, mm-hmm. then all reality, no matter what, has to has to come around to that. Mm-hmm. Just contrast that with the way that Christians really discovered who they were in Christ. It was through things like this, and I have a couple of scriptures. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he abides in God. That's a completely different way to go about sort of understanding the basic things of truth and reality and who you are. And so many times the scripture talks about things like this, the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, the pattern of sound words, sound doctrine, 1 Timothy 1.9, what has been entrusted to you, 1 Timothy 6.20, the confession that is urged in Hebrews that says, let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. It's the anchor of our souls to know who you are in Christ, what he's done to change you, what he's done to not change you from who you are authentically into something inauthentic and religious, but to change you from all the false pursuits and the things that you think are going to bring you wholeness and authentic self to who you really are. Mm -hmm. If you really want to discover yourself, Find yourself in relation, like Haley was saying earlier, to your creator who made you and knows mm-hmm. you better than you know yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this and I want to talk about it is because, well, Haley, your generation, people in your life group, what they're thinking or the things that they're looking for. I just, I feel like I just want to shake folks in a loving way and just say, do you really understand? Are you really contemplating what life absent from the Lord one day? Like we have, and you know, part of my Baptist roots was, you know, the hellfire and brimstone. And I had to, I had to do some healing from that because it was so fear-based. But at the same time, we are not going to live forever. There is something beyond this world and I feel like more and more we're just getting away from that reality that life here is about me, uh, whatever I want my life eternally to be, I'm going to get to choose. Like people are not thinking about this. They just have these nice, warm, fuzzy thoughts. And I want people to contemplate this. Am I getting to? No, come on, girl. Preacher girl Ooh, yes, here. Girl. This is our text thread yeah. in real life. It truly <laughs> is. But I do. I want. Well, it's usually a statement like that. Emojis. Yeah. No, literally, it's a statement like that. And then it's like 10 of us doing like the yeah, fire emojis, 100, hands up, like, yes, queen. <laughs> I just see all these influencers on Instagram who are just power to self. And it, here's the scripture that comes to my mind. You're leading the sheep to slaughter. You're leading mm-hmm. the sheep to slaughter. And it's like, guys, Jesus loves you so much. And then sometimes I'll get into an argument with Jesus. Bill hears about it all the time. It's like, sometimes I feel like the Lord just needs a better PR plan. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm teasing. But like your generation, Haley, they didn't grow up going to church. You're more of an unchurched generation than than we were. So do you have any thoughts about that? I have so many thoughts um, swirling right now. I heard this quote. I'm probably going to butcher it. I've heard it several times lately, though, and so it's really stood out to me. But basically that, like, if the enemy can't get you to sin or can't you to do whatever, mm-hmm. he'll get you distracted. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think I go two places with that. One is just distracted in daily, daily life. And so that we, like, forsake our whatever, our spiritual rhythms that we should be doing. Um, we let those go because we're distracted by our everyday life. But I think as a culture, we, like Bill said, like, we are so affluent overall Mm -hmm. as a culture and we have so much 
we're a consumption-driven culture. There's more at our fingertips than there's ever been before uh, in terms of entertainment. And so we're distracted by like the short-sightedness of like, we don't look at eternity as eternity. Mm-mm. We are distracted by, we don't even look at the end of our life because we're so distracted by what's immediately in front of us. Mm. And I think my generation, millennials, mm. we've grown up with, a million things to do, a million toys to play with. And so mm-hmm. we don't even know how to look beyond what's immediately in front of us. And uh, one of the things that I have been just thinking about a lot recently is what do we know about the Bible and what do we know to be true about God? Yeah. Um, and I would say for my generation, it's not that much unless you're actively doing the work. I love what Lindsay said a few minutes ago about snacking versus feasting. Mm, that's good. Because I think we have this mindset, my my generation, I see it all over this mindset of there's a literal app. Don't download it. It's called Sprinkle of Jesus, where you just wake up in the morning and you get your sprinkle of Jesus. There's an app. There's an app. Don't <laughs> download it because some of the things that people have told me about I've never downloaded it. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't be less true. And so I think we look at our relationship with God as I wake up. I do my quick little, you know, five minute Devo. Five minutes is better than no minutes. And then we get in the shower and we start our day. And my sister is actually the one who told me this example. Um, But I think a lot of times we look at relationship with Jesus as like, here's my sheet of notebook paper with all my lines. And here's my checklist. Wake up in the morning, Jesus time, then coffee. Then I go to the gym. Then I go to work. Then I go hang out with friends. You know, we Mm -hmm. look at it as a checklist when in reality, our faith is the piece of paper that all of those things are written on. And everything that we do has to be through the lens of our faith. It has to inform every part Mm -hmm. of our, our life, our daily life. And to, and to be a follower of Jesus means we have to be all in. But I think we like the nice, sweet little high that we get from a feel good devotional. And we, we don't want to do the work to really know scripture and to really know the Bible because it's hard or it's confusing or we don't like it fill in the blank, whatever reason. We just don't even know that there's access to know more than what we know. But I think where my heart is, and I think I really get this honestly from my mom, is that I just want people to know that there's so much more that you can know Mm -hmm. about the God who created you. Mm -hmm. You can have so much more of an intimate relationship with the Lord if you would simply give him the time in your life, the space in your life to just teach you. Mm-hmm. He wants to sh- reveal himself to, he wants to show you who he is, but we don't even give him the space to do that. It's almost like what I hear all four of us saying is we, we've, we've all been to the Caribbean. We've all sat on the shores on the beach and seen the crystal blue water of the Caribbean, but we've come back over here and everybody that we love is playing in this mud puddle. And we're like, no, if you'll just come over here and see and hear me say, man, if you're listening, if you're still hanging with us after this Jesus talk, which we do love talking about Jesus, hear me say, we are all sinners, saved by grace, holding on (laughs) white knuckled at times. We're not perfect people. We're just, we have found the one who is and we hold on to him. I think that would be the difference. I was going to say too, kind of piggybacking off of what Haley was saying, but um, that morning snack thing is like, it kind of goes to what truly Satan has as an angel of light kind of deceived even believers today into buying into like, Jesus is supposed to make me feel good. You know what I mean? Like he's going to like, it's like feelings. And that's so much of our culture today is like, how do I feel about this? And how do like, how do 
I feel, yes, and that becomes our God is how do I feel about this? How does Jesus make me feel instead of taking Jesus at his word? And I mean, Jesus is the one who said, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. The cross is an instrument of torture. Like this, we're supposed to deny ourselves and pursue holiness. That's something that I love. That which that goes Hank back to the to PR. You. It is so true, Lindsay, because yes. you you see all these things on Instagram that look so beautiful and flowery, and then yep. to come back in the comment section and say deny yourself. That's when mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Lord, I need PR help here. But anyway, that's what I'm talking about. But yet, it is so beautiful. But finish what you're saying. Yeah, I was just thinking about like how Paige talked about um, Jesus was describing this church and the thing that was missing, he was like, you're doing a great job in these areas, but he didn't say they were pursuing holiness. And without holiness, no one will see God. If we're not pursuing holiness in Jesus, we are not pursuing Jesus. And holiness, set apartness, set apartness from the world, we're supposed to look different. The gospel does offend. Not that we're supposed to be these like offensive people. We're supposed to be loving people with the hands and feet of Jesus and, and dying to ourselves and putting others first as the upside down kingdom. But I think that in our culture today, the idea of holiness and set apartness and and denying ourselves is um, so unpopular. And it seems like, well, Jesus wouldn't want that for me. Like he does, it's my feeling. He wants me to be happy and like, yeah, he wants you to be holy. Holy and happy are not opposites. (laughs) Yeah. Actually. And I think sometimes we think of holiness as, oh, this is the way I dress and I have certain rules about my hair and all this kind of stuff. And, but holiness really is, is, is an answer to the question, Who's got your heart? And one of the things that I think might be helpful, even as you listen today, because mm-hmm. if you're if you're saying, okay, how do I make sense of this, and yeah. where do I go with yeah. it? You could just ask yourself, when I've got free time mm-hmm. and my mind wanders, where mm-hmm. does it go? Oh, good, that's good. Where am I spending myself, my time, my money, my energy, my hopes? Mm-hmm. What am I investing my hopes and dreams in mm-hmm. when I struggle or when I am fearful? Where does my heart run when I when I fail? Mm-hmm. Where does my heart go? Mm. And enough of these questions and self-reflection will reveal what your ultimate is. Mm. Is your ultimate Jesus Christ mm-hmm. or is it something else? Mm. And we all struggle with these things. There are times as a as a committed Christian that my heart runs to places it should not run. Carmen, you're so right. We're we're so far from perfection in this life when he comes back and he will mm-hmm. in time and space and history mm-hmm. bodily that's mm-hmm. his promise mm-hmm. yes when he comes back we will be changed when we see him mm-hmm. and all the struggle against sin and all the struggle against the injustices of this world will be put away and his yes. kingship fully revealed that we we long for that day but where does our heart run right now in the interim when we are still struggling with our sinfulness when we're still struggling with a world that's so broken and messed up it's got to be, your hope has got to be placed in him. And faith is the way to do that. Mm-hmm. Simply trusting him. Mm-hmm. And I had this thought two or three times. The church has always defined faith like this. Mm-hmm. Faith involves three things. Knowledge, you got to know something. You got to agree with something. And you have to put your trust in something. And so faith involves, like Haley was saying, you've got to know enough about who Jesus is from the Bible to know what your object is of faith. Secondly, do you agree with this? Is this is this something that you would say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. He did what he said he did. He is my, I, I, but then the last part of that question is, is he going to be yours? Is he going to be your savior? Are you going to put your faith and trust in who he is and what he's done according to the scriptures? That's real biblical faith. Mm. Sometimes we define faith as 
uh, a belief in the absence of evidence, nothing could be further from, from the, the truth. truth. That's good. You've got to have all three of these components to be real good. biblical faith. I have loved this conversation. And I hope if you've been listening, I, I hope that no matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus, if you've been walking with him for a long time, I hope that there's just a spark there. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I hope the Holy Spirit is wooing you right now. I thought this might be a good place to land, not less. I want to give everybody else a chance to say anything that might be on their hearts. Haley, do you have anything else that you were thinking? Yeah, I think, first of all, I need to go back and listen to this because Bill just said a whole lot of things that I was trying to write down. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm just going to have to go back and listen because that was so good, Bill. Yep, yep, yep. Um, But one of the things I was thinking about is I think that there are a lot of people, I feel like we've been kind of, critical of Instagram faith type of stuff. And I want all everyone listening, I guess, to hear our hearts. And it's Mm -hmm. not that we are not for that, like getting healing. If you have struggled and there are hard things going on in Mm -hmm. your life, we're not saying you need to stay down in the mud. No, But what we're saying is that like you can't save yourself and we can't save ourselves. And it's not that we don't want you to live as a victor and as a conqueror and all of these things that we like to say to women in women's ministry, Mm -hmm. Um, all of those things, like we want you to live in that, but know that you can't, you can't do that on your own. And our feelings don't dictate how, like where we decide that we are. Like we have to decide we trust in Jesus and we follow him regardless of how we feel that day. We have to keep choosing Jesus. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, at least I hope this, I say it a lot. I feel like there's a lot of what God honors is obedience Mm-hmm. and determination, perseverance, perseverance, mm-hmm. sticking with it, even when your feelings tell you that this isn't doing anything or I'm not mm-hmm. going anywhere or anything like that. The last thing I want to do is sound critical about Instagram. I want to say it as a warning that if you're following someone who is telling you to find your truth mm-hmm. and to save yourself, that is a false gospel and that's not the truth and mm-hmm. the one who can save you. So it's just- Where are the fire emojis? Yeah. We need the fire yeah, emojis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay, do you yes. have any last thoughts that you'd like I mean, before I wrap? Yes, to all of that. I was just thinking about James 4, 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is just, I mean, that's basically all that we've been talking about, but especially going into Easter this week and seeing this in a whole new way for me, it's just the way that the Lord connects the Old Testament and the covenant that was there and him saying to his people, I will be your God. All you have to do is say yes to me. All you have to do is choose me. Here is Jesus again, establishing a new covenant by laying down his life. And he is saying to us, all you have to do is call on my name and you will be saved. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. That's what he's saying. And that's the invitation to all of us going into Holy Week is our precious Jesus laying down his life in perfect love for us, offering us a relationship with him and eternity with him and fullness of joy and all the spiritual riches are ours. Everything. I mean, we come with nothing and he gives us absolutely everything. And that's it. That's (laughs) good. That's really good. Okay. If you're still with us at this point in the podcast, then I think you're really going to enjoy hearing this. So here's how I want to wrap today. First, I want to read the scripture passage, which I have read 50 million times my whole entire life. But after Paige's study a couple of weeks ago, there's one word that is totally different for me now. But 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that in him 
we might become the righteousness of God. And I think my whole life, I've always known Jesus died for my sins. He 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 died for all of our sins. But after Paige read this, and I'm going to read a, a passage here from a book, the word become or became, he became our sin. He became our sin. He didn't just die for our sins. He became our sins. And in all of my 50 years, I'd never heard it quite like that. So there's a book um, called When God Weeps, and it's by Johnny Erickson Tata and Stephen Estes and Paige, who we've talked so much about in her Bible study. She read this. I just want you to hear this, and this is how we're going to wrap. They lift the cross. God is on display in his underwear and can scarcely breathe. But these pains are a mere warm-up to his other and growing dread. He begins to feel a foreign sensation. Somewhere during this day, an unearthly foul odor begins to waft, not around his nose, but his heart. He feels dirty. Human wickedness starts to crawl upon his spotless being, the living excrement from our souls. The apple of his father's eye turns brown with rot. His father, he must face his father like this. From heaven, the father now rouses himself like a lion disturbed, shakes his mane and roars against the shriveling remnant of a man hanging on a cross. Never has the son seen the father looking at him so, never even felt the least of his hot breath. But the roar shakes the unseen world and darkens the visible sky. The son does not recognize these eyes. Son of man, why have you behaved so? You have cheated, lusted, stolen, gossiped, murdered, envied, hated, lied, you have cursed, robbed, overspent, overeaten, fornicated, disobeyed, embezzled, and blasphemed. Oh, the duties you have shirked, the children you have abandoned. Who has ever so ignored the poor, so played the coward, so belittled my name? Have you ever held your razor tongue? What a self-righteous, pitiful drunk. You, you peddle killer drugs, travel in cliques, and mock your parents. Does this list ever end? Splitting families, acting smugly playing the pimp, buying politicians, practicing exhortation, filming pornography, accepting bribes. You have burned down buildings, perfected terrorist tactics, founded false religion, each relishing them and bragging about it all. I hate, no, I loathe these things in you. Disgust for everything about you consumes me. Can you not feel my wrath? Of course the son is innocent. He is blamelessness itself. The Father knows this, but the divine pair have had an agreement, and the unthinkable now must take place. Jesus will be treated as if personally responsible for every sin ever committed. The Father watches as his heart's treasure, the mirror image of himself, sinks, drowning into raw, liquid sin. Jehovah's stored rage against humankind from every century explodes in a single direction. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? But heaven stops its ears. The sun stares up at the one who cannot, who will not reach down or reply. The Trinity had planned it. The Son endured it. The Spirit enabled him. The Father rejected the Son whom he loved. Jesus, the God-man from Nazareth, perished. The Father accepted his sacrifice for sin and was satisfied. The rescue was accomplished. Oh. 
<laughs> so that is the Jesus that we will be yes. celebrating on Sunday. That is the Jesus that we follow. That is the God-man that became our sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. That's why we follow him. Our prayer as your friends, as we gathered here talking today, is that you just know the Jesus, that we know the real biblical, historical Jesus. Oh my goodness, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And for those of you that are listening on a walk or in your car, you're probably like Lindsay and Haley and I were in the room where we're trying to write down all those questions Bill was asking there at the end. By the way, those are fantastic questions that we all have to answer. So I hope you have a great, great Easter. Subscribe, share this episode with a friend, and I will see you back here next time.